guys. Welcome to another episode of We Come in Peace. And today, we will not be coming in peace. In fact, we are coming in drama. Drama all over the place. We have Fabian here with us. And he is... We're going to be talking about some really weird shit that's going on. And he is really mad about Walmart. Yeah. So he, he agrees with what Walmart's doing. We have Tony here, who's uh, who's going to be our moderate here. He's sort of in the middle. He, he sees both sides. And, you know, he likes it in the middle, too. So, I mean, I see his point. Well, we can say that Tony's a little bicurious, to be honest. He is a, he's a little curious, you know. He's, he's, he's a little wishy-washy there. Mm-hmm. And me, of course, I'm, you know, I disagree with what Walmart's doing. I'm very, very liberal about all this facts, so... Let's let let's get it started. Let let let's start coming. So right. Fabian, I want to know why do you agree with Walmart? Well, you know, there's a plethora of reasons why I agree with Walmart because you know this country is built on Christian foundation here, guys. It is the very outcome of this country. I think violent video game is the root cause of all these shootings. I mean, come on, guys, let's be honest. Like. 50 years ago, when there was no video games, we had no shootings. No one was killing each other. We were raised on Christian values. And I think as a whole, we need to put a stop to these violent video games. Because it's ruining my children's lives. It, I know it ruined some of my family's lives as well. Because they think video games is, is the way of the road. But let me tell you guys this. Violent video games, premarital sex, and all that shit is what leads to this type of school shootings we're seeing in pandemic proportions. This is why I stand behind Walmart. I believe what they're doing is a just cause and all you guys are just hating on them because you don't think that this is being caused by violent video games. What do you think, Oh, okay, me. All right, so fuck your Christian values. Hey, no, 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 no. Hey there, you respect what I believe here. No, no. No, because this country is founded on religious freedom. So you could be Christian, Muslim. You can even be, not believe in all, in all this stuff. There should be a separation of state and church. So fuck your Christian values. Stop trying to force your Christianity on somebody like me. You say this, this didn't happen 50 years ago. Guess what? Then how the hell did Hitler kill all those Jews? I'll tell you why. Because he got... He got rejected out of art school, but there was no violent video games back then. So what happened then, huh? Uh, huh? Like, so I, how is how is he going to kill a millions of Jews without violent video games? I like to interject. There was actually uh, there was actually an early color photo of of um, Hitler playing an Xbox 360. Um, I believe it was Call of Duty, or no, it was actually Halo. And I believe, from what I can tell, he actually got headshotted, and a guy came up to him and teabagged him right in the game. So I think that's what caused him to be violent. I mean, the guy was a time traveler, guys. Let's be honest. He can transcend time. This is why he got this idea, because he went, he went forward in the future, yeah. bought an Xbox 360, went back in time, and, and you know what? It's what influenced him to be this insane killer. Interesting. Huh. Well, I, I do believe that Walmart is making a big mistake. Um. I believe right now they're, they have an opportunity to really market towards uh, a lot of angry, young, white people. And they, they aren't doing that. And Walmart, if you know anything about Walmart, their demographic is angry, uh, old, young, all-around, trashy, white people. So they should really 
be taking these shootings as a marketing opportunity and uh, sending those video games, like putting violent video games on every shelf. But see, you know? that's where... Well, see, He's putting is guns right on the front store rack. So when you walk in, you see the Walmart greeters, you got the guns, you got the violent video games, and uh, I, I think we're good to go. But see, but this is where where I like to make a point. Like Walmart <clears> is actually one of the biggest arms distributor in the world, and I think banning violent video games and actually promoting their guns is actually protecting us. Because let's be honest, what if we had another sick white kid coming into a high school and shooting up the place again, or going to a mall, or you know any of that? So Walmart's actually taking a stand by banning violent video games, but also selling the product that will help protect us: guns. You ever thought about that's that? That's true. Way? Uh, that, that's, hey, he's got a point there, Gabe. What would your, uh, you know, what would your defense be? My 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 defense is, is that is that Walmart is is doing is doing it wrong. Absolutely, they are. You know, you, they start banning video games. What's next? You're going to start banning movies, violent movies. You know. Well, uh, according to our great and wonderful. Uh, beautiful, strong, very healthy president. Uh, movie should be. Oh, and, They're and getting me, very violent and racist in in liberal Hollywood. But let me tell you this. And don't forget, our president also has very big hands as well. You almost forgot that important. Yes, he, he is. You know, <laughs> those if Hollywood was getting hands. very very liberal, you know, that then they wouldn't have canceled the hunt. Which I don't know if you guys seen the trailer for the hunt. It looked amazing. And I was excited for that. Yeah. And, and if, if we as, as liberals were so liberal about everything, we wouldn't have seen that, you know, what happened, the shootings that have happened, we wouldn't have just, you know, canceled the movie. But we did. We're like, you know what? There's so much shit going on right now. Let's go ahead and pull this back. You know, we got we to gotta protect kids. You know, we got we to gotta make sure, you know, guns are... are, are are, are put away, you know, we, we got to make sure that, you know, our kids are well protected. You know, this is a side note. This is going to be, uh, this is going to make me very curious because the hunt got canceled. I'm surprised Warner Brothers isn't moving their release date of Joker because I know some stuff that happens in that movie. It's going to piss off a, a lot of Republicans. That Dan right it pissed me off, guys. I actually, well, I'm going to start a petition asking for their movie to be banned in the, in the United States because it paints a poor portrayal of gun violence because I believe guns are used to protect people. It's our Second Amendment right. We had the right to bear arms, guys. Yeah, and but I you think, had a right, you had a, right to, think, you had a fucking right to bear arms in 1777. You don't have a right to bear arms in 2019. There's you know no what? need for a gun. You know what, guys, There's no I, need for guns. I, I have to say... Like all these Mexicans coming up to the, in this into this country, bringing their rapists and their violent people here in this country is why we need to have guns here in the United States. You're a Mexican, so you're a rapist. <laughs> oh, oh, perdona. I'm not Mexican, guys. I'm, I like to classify myself as a um, as a white as a white person more so than Hispanic now. Um, I think it fits more of my oh, persona. Just because you got a fancy job in accounting, you're you're a white person. But guess what? We could still see that Mexican cactus on your forehead. Hey, but he is the token Hispanic that Trump would love. So. I mean, Trump doesn't like any Hispanics. The only Hispanics he likes are the ones that cut his grass at Mar-a-Lago. It's okay. or, the, or, the, or the ones that give him uh, Big Macs. 
It's yeah. okay. Anything our, we know about our president, he loves his Big Macs. Or my, or my, or sometimes he loves those um, those chicken uh, nuggets. He loves because you know? it makes his hands look big. Hey, his hands are his big. hands are big. They're our president hands. has big, strong hands. All they're, right, they're they're really big. They're strong American hands. You know, mm-hmm. he, if you wanted to, you can come up to your house. And he can strangle you to show you how big his hands are. Yep. Or I welcome. I, I welcome him in this house. You huh? welcome him into your house? Yeah, because my house is booby trapped. He will beat your. He will show you how well his hands can beat your meat. I'll tell you that. He has some. That's true. That's true. And he loves the gays, so he's a big advocate. He's of, a big, of, big advocate yeah. you now. Um, but see, but this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why America's wrong because they forget the Christian traditional values. I mean, it's like, what's wrong about bringing out the Bible and reading a passage in school? Maybe okay, so, maybe. Maybe if they actually read a morning passage from the Bible in the mornings, maybe we wouldn't have school shootings in this country. Oh, yeah, I think we would still have school shootings. This country was founded, like I said earlier, on, re- on religious persecution. You know, it's right in the Bill of Rights. So you cannot have Christian values in public-funded schools. You want, to, you, want, you want to read the Bible? You want to say your morning prayers? Guess what? Go to a private school, go to a Christian school, go to a Catholic school. Don't bring that shit into my public schools. But I have I have noticed people who go to Catholic schools are much more civilized than the people who go to public school. Public school, they're all animals and dogs. Yeah. It's and like he, a wild jungle in there. It's like uh, Detroit and RoboCop. Yeah, but only because our government doesn't care about black people and Hispanics in our inner city schools. All they care about is tax money. So what we need to do is we need to tax all the corporations and then invest in within our education. Or we or, make, every, or we make uh, schooling private instead of public. All schooling p- private. Then they got people that can't afford to go to school. Well, then too bad for if those you, people. If you can't afford to go, then you shouldn't be learning in the first place. We need more people working at Burger Kings. We need more people feeding our dear little Donald that Trump. Way, that We're going to head everybody into automation. In line. So you got the, the poor uh, people who can't read. Uh, they cut our grass or whatever. I mean, if the people who could maybe read learn how to operate a POS system, they work at McDonald's. Then you have people who are can kind of read, can kind of write, kind of have some sort of people skills. You have them work at Walmart. And then you have people who can read, write, but maybe dropped out of school. You have them waiting tables. That way it just goes up the chain and everybody's in line and everybody stays in their place and we're making America great so again. Are we saying and, that, are we saying Tony here... That since he could read, write, and he's waiting tables at the moment. Yeah. That's that's your life plan right there. You you get the government just, had just had you. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's the way it is. And, uh, and, and I think that's what Donald Trump really wants for America because I think make, it's a yeah. I think it's a healthy view for us. I think in general, if Tony's happy waiting tables, then he, by all means let him wait tables. Listen, I want my government to provide for me my my do you, do you insurance. Think, listen, do you I think want the, them to take away my student loans. Do you think the black kids in Englewood aren't happy? They're so happy. They're 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 doing what they love. They're selling drugs, you know, and they're making some good money, and they're they're having fun time doing it. And it might be the most like dangerous area of the Chicago land area, but they're having a good time, right? Yeah, I agree. So why um, should we change the food chain? Why should we change the order of things? And how I, about I just, those? How about those illegal immigrants in California picking our strawberries, you know? They're happy picking those strawberries. They're working, happy. They're working not happy. For, 
pennies they're on happy. the dollar. They just have a job. They're yeah. not happy. They are happy. It's the American dream, and that's what they got. I mean, we're giving them charity. I mean, by all means, I mean charity. they deserve it. I mean, I, I think I think it's very. I think we're being very grateful. I think in order to fix this country's <laughs> problems, guys, I think we need to give the rich another tax break and allow them to hoard the wealth. Because eventually, not I, even we need to tax the one percent and tax all these corporations. I, well, I can't and do I it. want. <laughs> well, eventually, guys. Eventually, what's going to happen is that once the once the wealthy actually hoards a bunch of wealth, they're going to be shitting out money for us. You know, we're no, going to get the leftovers. We're going to be eating up. the scraps. Even like, economics doesn't work. We get like little rats eating eating the scraps. Being, you know. <laughs> kind of I can't. You I know can't what do we're it. looking. You know how we how the future will look like that. We're looking at Demolition Man. You're going to have the street. And that was a great movie, sewers. wasn't it? And you know what? You know what the future would be like if we all were equal, holding hands and seeing Kobaya? It would be a horrible place to live. I, I have nightmares just thinking about that, guys. Exactly. I just want to give it to my overlords. My, my, my dear Donald Trump deserves all my money. Listen, my overlord is Disney, all right? I, I agree with everything that Disney does. Can we talk about Disney? All yeah, right. can we? All right. So we're going to switch. Hold on. Let's, I got to right, break switching free from that. Here. I did not mean anything I just said right now. I'm like the biggest liberal on here, so I'm I, not, I, I, don't, I don't mean and, anything. And, I, and I'm being honest. I, I'm also, I don't, I don't, whatever I said, I'm just kidding. Because in the reality, it's really fucked up what's going on, guys. It really is fucked up. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I consider myself a liberal, like a liberal moderate, I would say. But more, you know, I, you know, more liberal than moderate, but whatever. I, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. No, I get what you mean. You're just not like, super liberal. But I, I am very liberal in certain areas, but like I do believe, like for for example, and I'll just put it out there since we started talking about it. Like I do believe that we do have the right to own guns because I do have a gun license. I have gone shooting. You know, having guns is is, is fun. I don't own any, um, but I will say that, you know. If you have a gun and you do it in the correct way, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not that I'm not that liberal where I say, "Oh, ban all guns." No, absolutely not. I'm just gonna say you just have to be a responsible owner, and that's my thing. Is if you're responsible in anything that you have, then you could still have fun with it. It's the people that are irresponsible that that I consider terrorists, even or, you know, homegrown terrorists that you know. Right. Trump and them people consider just, you know, mentally unstable. But those, it's those type of people that really, you know, put a bad name to gun ownership, you know, so. Well, we have, sure. a under, we have an underlying issue. It's, it, it's the fact that in this country, we actually don't take mental health issues seriously in this no, country. Um, no. Some people, unfortunately, some people gain access to guns and they become influenced by those around them through whether it's through social media or if it's through someone blindly worshiping a figurehead. Um, Mental somebody, health is still viewed as, upon as, as, as um, I want to say, it's viewed upon as like a, like a sickness. They don't want to treat it. You're, you're, if you have depression, if you have um, you know, multiple personality disorder, if you have schizophrenia, you look like you have an actual disease. They don't, you know, if you go to therapy, you're looked, you're looked down upon because you're going to therapy. It's nothing like the insurance companies really want to cover. It's, and it's in other countries, they, they don't see it like that. They see it as you go to therapy, you get help, and you go into remission. You know, right. in Canada, that's how it is. 
You know, in other countries, that's how it is. And I'm pretty sure in the UK, that's how it is. It's not a sickness. You know, it's not a disease. It's just, it is a sickness. It's not a disease. Right. You know, it can be, you can grow from it and and get help from it. And And in the the US, it's not like that. Well, the biggest problem in the US, and a lot of people don't realize this, because everyone's like, oh, you know, free healthcare, forgiveness student loans, that's socialism. But guys, we live in two different extremes where you can have extreme capitalism. And in the United States, if we are suffering, they can profit off our suffering. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So we live in a very extremist form of of capitalism where our human suffering is a product to the pharmaceutical companies, to the insurance companies. doesn't matter. They will profit even after you die. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, if you die, you still owe. Your family still owes your debts. Like if you die and you had a car note and you had, you know, a mortgage payment, your family still owes that. Like your your family family has Yeah. Like it's asinine that when you die your debt doesn't just die down no it's like you, your family still has to pay for it right oh but let me tell you this if you do get a call from a debt collector and they're trying to collect on let's say if one of us died and, and they're trying to, someone's trying to collect on that debt the family member can legally say that no they're no longer alive and no i'm not liable for that debt you can actually outright disagree with it if you say yes i'll pay it then that's when they catch you with it as right. long as you deny it, you'll be fine. Right. They can't come after you. So if you if a loved one were to die, guys, and you get a, someone trying to collect on that debt, just just say they died, and that debt is not yours, and just hang up. So this, I I do want to bring up something because we we talked touched upon the movie The Hunt when we talked about the the clash of politics reaching into our so our pop culture, which has always been something pop culture and so and you know. And, right. and politics have always sort of meshed. It's the storytelling. They've always sort of, you know, our, a lot of our storytelling comes from what's happening in the world. And um, I am surprised that something like The Hunt is getting sat on the shelf for who knows how long because they're trying to avoid the issues at hand. And I'm telling you right now, that movie isn't going to hold a candle <clears throat> to what I mentioned earlier, the Joker film is going to do and it's going to cause a great uproar i think on both sides of the political spectrum uh i I read the entire script front to back and from what i know this is the shooting script they could have changed some things i know they're going full steam ahead and we'll know next month they're gonna uh release it at festivals and i know the story well enough because i read the entire thing yeah which Uh, you still haven't sent us the script yet i sent it multiple times you guys could read it yeah you guys could read it so yeah, so you, you guys could read it. Uh, I do want you guys to share your thoughts later on. I'm not going to spoil anything to, for anybody. I'm just going to tell you that it has a lot to do with the system uh, pretty much forgetting mental health. It's about uh, I mean, uh, you... Republic, sort of. I mean, they sort of make Thomas Wayne like this ultra sort of Donald Trump-like Republican. Right. There's a lot of really poli- big political themes in it, and the ending is shocking. So it's going to be like a gut punch, and it's going to create a lot of like. Like I haven't read the script, so I'll I I'll I like I forgot that you sent it. Uh, to be honest, um, but I do see like by seeing the commercial, uh, like the trailers, the trailers, you, you do see like I get the sense, and I you know, and I and I'm just speaking from seeing the trailer, so it's not a spoiler because I'm just sharing my thoughts on that trailer. Right from the trailer, I felt like you could see that his mom is sick. You could see he's going to the hospital to try to get his mom, you know, some you know, some help. And right. it sort of seems like he is depressed because his mom can't get the help that she's, that she, that's required for her. So, right. so I get that sense just from the trailer. Now maybe I'll completely off cause you've read it, 
Well, right. at least that's what the sense that I get from the trailer is that his... You're about halfway right. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. well, from what I can tell, and I read part of the script, I didn't read it at all. Um, there's gonna be a huge. It, it, there's a huge political overtone to it. To be honest, it's it's, it's it's taking Gotham City and if you take Gotham City and you overlay it onto the United States of America and how it it is right now, you can really tell that they're showing the extreme nature of where we are and how we forgot who we are as a country. Yeah, um, you can see that there is income disparity between the ultra rich and the low class people, like the lower end people closer to their poverty. Yeah. You're gonna see that how how in the city and you can see it in today's cities how there is right. a huge division clash between being poor and being rich. How people poor live in these horrible conditions and the access to proper care is very very hard. So this movie is gonna be a huge, and a lot of people are, aren't realizing this that this this version of Joker is a completely different version of Joker. It's not like something right. we haven't seen before. Right, and then you do bring up something, and it is big in the script. And it's, I think it's a really well-written script, and I think it's going to be really reliant on Joaquin Phoenix delivering that performance. And I think it'll be solid, uh, or great, solid, or great. It's a, it's a really well-written script. But one of the big things in the script is uh, rich versus poor debate. The uh, Mental health is a huge thing. It's the, the whole thing is about the downfall of somebody who already has mental health and how the system can uh, really hurt somebody like or- that. Or fail and, them in general. Or, and fail them. This is uh, it, it's the big thing is how the system has failed somebody, and gun uh, a lot of the stuff with gun like the gun control stuff that's going on now is in the script. Uh, again, there's a big sort of tone, uh, political tone going on with Thomas Wayne and Donald Trump. It's very similar. So there's a lot of uh, uh, same similarities with what's going on now and what's right. going on in a script in like '80s Gotham or '80s New York as they sort of try to paint the picture as. But it's it's very timely, and I think it's going to be super controversial when that comes out. And I'm surprised they're not pushing back the release because that that does touch more of what's going on with the mass shootings and stuff. But I I think they're being very brave because they could be like Universal and say, okay, we're going to shove the hunt, you know, because of what's going on. But the, the hunt was so upfront about what's happening in that movie, and nothing in the Joker film is giving away for, for what what's controversial in the script. And I think, and I know there's some early screenings and there's some people who actually absolutely hate it because it's taking what they fear the most and thrusting it into the limelight. Like, what they ignore and realizing, like, this is what people we actually believe in in this country. It's taking that personification and actually putting it to the big screen. And we fail to see that. So I think this movie is to be... I mean, I read the script, I've seen the trailers, and I know it's too early to judge on Joaquin's performance who hasn't been released or we haven't right. seen it personally but i'm gonna be honest guys to write a powerful script as it is you need a really strong actor to really perform this and i don't think there yeah. could have been any other actor living in this day and age that can perform that same thing that's written in the script as well as joaquin phoenix can i mean yeah outside of a few actors that can really do well performing is you know let's be honest Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the top built actors in acting. He is a fantastic right. actor, but he would not have fit the Joker persona. Now, reading it, all I saw was Joaquin. Even after seeing the trailers, when I was reading it, I was like, I can see Joaquin doing that, that, that. There's multiple breakdown moments because the movie's about a breakdown of a man right. who becomes the greatest supervillain of all time. So by the end of this movie, he is 100% the Joker. 
Like, 100%, he's the Joker. And they show that, how somebody can be pushed, somebody who's already unstable as it is, how you can take that one person and how the system can fail them and turn them into... Uh, and, and, and as political as the film is, it, it pretty much it's the concept of Gotham created Batman, Gotham created Joker. Yeah. That's the that's the parallel there, is that if it could create a hero, it could create a villain. And it's the same thing in the real world. If, if the world can create somebody who's really good and an uplifting citizen, it could just as equally create somebody who's, oh, you know, sure. uh, somebody who's not that. And, and I'm going to be honest, guys, and I'm going to make a reference to this movie, You Are Never Really Here. It's one of, I think it's one of Hawkins' best performances in acting because the movie, the, the plot of the movie is practically this, is that Joe is a hired gun, but he's traumatized by the traffic girls, you know, but he uses brutal methods to actually save them. So I think if you look at Joaquin's actually past credits in, in past film, you can see right. that only Joaquin can really play this role as the Joker. <clears throat> Outside of Heath Ledger's version of the Joker... Or outside of, um, what's his fucking name? Um, Jack Nicholas version of Jack it. Jack Nicholson. This version of Joker can only be played by Joaquin because you can look at his past performances and his past roles as well. And yeah. You can really this was, play it was that. read like it was written for him, too. You can, you can, he could play that sick, twisted, sedatist kind of person. I'm going to throw in the name Shia LaBeouf. You think Shia oh. LaBeouf would be able to play a Joker? Yeah. I do. I think he Maybe. can play... I think he would play the Riddler, but not the Joker. No, he has... I would, he, I would love to see him... Like, yeah, Riddler would be cool. I think he fits more of the Riddler than anything else. No, I, I think I think people see him as the Riddler, but, like, if you actually see him, see him throughout his career trajectory. <laughs> and forget about just his acting career, like, out in the real world, how he's had mental breakdowns over just the little bit, you know, the littlest of things, and how, you know, he went from being this kid star... To one of the biggest actors in the world with Transformers, and then like he sort of like fucked up his career by going off the rails a little bit, and now he's coming back with like indie movies and like really small right. movies. Well, like you could yeah. see his career trajectory, and you could see sort of like if you if, you, if he could fit the bill as the Joker as well. Yeah, he's not a big name anymore. You know, he's not Joaquin Phoenix name. Right, but as an actor. I mean, Shy has, you know, he's still a really good actor. Yeah, and, but... And, and given a chance, he probably could have made that role. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes, you know, like, you get a really young, talented actor like Shia LaBeouf. And he was talented, but the kid went... He went through a lot in his actual life. I mean, he had a very abusive family growing up. There so was really, a movie coming out about that, too. So that really kind of changed his persona. And obviously, when you get a bit of fame, you get you, can, you get a you get a little bit out of control once you start introducing drugs or alcohol in. Right. But I think he finally kind of discovered who he really is as a person and as an actor. So this is why you see him in the indie films, kind of acting what he wants to act. And sometimes you see an actor kind of once you know once they're on top, they kind of fall down the cliff and then they build themselves up. Mark my words, all right. Shia LaBeouf will be the next Robert Downer Jr. Oh, I think he will. And I think the comeback is coming this year. There's two movies he's got in his wheelhouse that's going to be coming out. One is called The Peanut Butter Falcon, and I heard it's great. It's his, like, uh, it's pretty much about this Down Syndrome kid who wants to be a wrestler. And he, he befriends, like, this uh, this thief who's, like, sort of has this redemption arc played by right. Shia LaBeouf. It looks great. It looks awesome. And he, he also wrote, and he's acting, where he plays his father in this movie called Honey Boy, and it's a biography of his life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hear that's really good. I hear that's going to be awesome. I think Shia, Shia is great, 
and I and think then, Shia, Shia could be one of the best. And then I he think could be. He's in this. He also has another movie coming out later this year called The Tax Collector. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But he's thirty-three years old, so he still has a good time to he's really a lot make of time. He, he has a good time to make comeback because we, we see actors. Sometimes you see good actors at the young age of twenty, twenty-one. They fall off, and then they make a really big roaring comeback in their mid-thirties. You know. Yeah. They they do. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, nobody else believes it, but uh, Twilight Boy made a comeback. Now he's Batman, and re- everybody's gonna see him in uh, two move two the biggest movies coming out in the next two years. In the next Christopher Nolan time travel movie with Denzel's son and uh, him playing Batman, at coming off a couple of really sh- like I don't know shitty Twilight movies, w- which weren't his fault, but they were shitty anyway. And now he's you know working I'll on watch, the biggest direct. I've watched all the Twilight movies. You watched they're, all of them? They're pretty bad. They're bad. They, they were. But, bad. but they're not bad where like, oh, this is horrible. They're just bad. They're just they're like, just eh, it's bad. just it's, it's bad like, the like young adults. Right. It, right. It is a fifty it, it's it's fifty shades of gray. It's just a it's just um a teenage version of fifty shades of gray. Just dressed up in a writer's and, sexual and what fantasy. sucks is is like right. the vampire genre at that point had like um like a renaissance. You had at least in my opinion, one of my one of my favorite vampire movies of all time is uh Dracula two thousand Dracula, forget the name, Dracula two thousand one, whatever. Dracula two thousand. Yeah. Yes, that's one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. So you had that movie, you had um True Blood coming out. And you had like the blade, so you had like a renaissance in like right. that late '80s, you know, mid to uh, like early 2000s. Thirty days of night. Thirty and days that, of night, and, and then all of a sudden, the, fucking Twilight comes out, and, and fucking sh- glitter vampires, and, and like it. it just shit on all the vampire shit before it happened before. And not just vampires, but also werewolves as well. So you, there's you no, killed, there's no werewolf movies. You killed at all. You killed the werewolf movie. You did because when Underworld came back. Like it fucking bombed so bad. Even Kate Beckinsale and Leather couldn't fucking save it. I mean, oh, the movie yeah. was shitty to begin with, but I mean, Kate Beckinsale and Leather that like brought in the crowd like the first yeah. two three. Well, months. Underworld, Underworld is actually one of my mom's favorite franchises. She actually loves the movie, even though the last movie that came out was shit. She she still loved it because when was the next time you ever gonna see another Underworld movie, guys? When's the next not time? Never. A, not for a long time. Probably never. Unless they reboot, which they will down the line. My I mean, problem with, with a lot of vampire and werewolf movies now is the CGI. I never complain about CGI. I'm not somebody who complains about it. Because I'll watch it. If it's good CGI, I'll give it credit for that. If it's CGI that's noticeable, I still won't care. If it's bad CGI, I'll, still, I'll say something. And usually, a lot of vampire and werewolf movies have some really bad CGI. Where it right. should be practical. It should it should one hundred percent be it should be a blend of practical, and, we, and I mean me and, and yeah me and you were talking about this where CGI should cover the tracks where practical can't reach. Whoa, you know? well, well, like I mentioned, if you notice like some of the other movies like Jurassic Park, you know, mix of practical effects <laughs> and CGI, and the CGI they used in that Jurassic Park movie still holds to today's standard as it well. It does. It does hold up. Yeah. Because a lot of the times nowadays is that CGI is in such high demand. There's so few people willing to work in that field now because they're overworked and underpaid. Right. And they're rushing CGI effects like this. Um, CGI does not work on like brightly lit areas, brightly lit rooms or pictures as well. So now you're getting all these movies filmed during daylight. And they're rushing to get it done in two weeks. And now you get like a half-completed project. Um, 
And to me, that's not movie magic. It's just not. It's not at all. No, I mean, I am a big proponent of CGI. I've always liked CGI. Um, but I do feel like you guys have said it's sort of. I, and I and I want to. I'm going to blame Avatar for for the CGI boom because of what James Cameron did. And yeah, James Cameron took his time, you know, to make Avatar. But I feel like movie studios saw what what could be done with CGI and decided to fast track it, you know, through everything. Right. They, we don't. We don't, don't need. Yeah. They don't do it properly. They they everything CGI nowadays. Things that would you would use practical effects for that you didn't need to CGI is CGI. Like, let me make an example. Black Panther is one of the biggest culprits of overusing CGI ever. The fight between Warmonger and the Black Panther towards the end of the movie, completely CGI'd. No actors actually fighting. All CGI'd. It looks so out of place. The colors, the lighting, everything. The suit looks faked. Everything was just poorly done. And I, I love that movie, but that is one of the we- that's one thing that takes me out. I never complain about CGI, but the weird fight scenes in Black Panther... Right, take me out of it because it just it looks weird. You know what else looks weird for me, and I guess we're just gonna start blaming Marvel a little bit. Is uh, the last Spider-Man: Far From Home, when he's flying through New York, you could tell that's a that looks like a cartoon. Like you, you can't. You could definitely tell. Like, hey, this isn't um, Tom Holland in the suit. The one whole cartoon. The one time I do, I, I really liked Far From Home. I liked it a lot. But the one thing I did like in Far From Home, where I, I. This is where I'm like, okay, the CGI should be 100% full force is the Mysterio sequences. Yeah. And those those were amazing. But right. I do agree. Some of the CGI looked a little weird. Like, uh, there's a point where he jumps out the car, hits the drone, and looks like, you could tell there's a green screen behind Tom Holland. Yeah. And it, when he jumps out the bus and he hits it with the spider web. But, uh, yeah, I do agree. When he's swinging at the end, it looks very CGI, too. Right. It, it reminded me of the Spider-Verse. So here's yeah. the thing. If you notice, with if you go back to uh, Captain America: Civil War, um, we go back to Captain America: Winter Soldier. So let's go back to Captain America: Civil War. Black Panther, when Black Panther was fighting and he was running in a high, like the highway, he's running around. That's an actual man in a Black Panther suit, a low quality Black Panther suit, because all they had to do was just fill in the gaps of the missing CGI pieces. So it actually looked genuine. You can feel the weight of the character running. Right. And in this last Black Panther movie that came out. It wasn't T'Challa, or I forgot his, what's the actor's name? What's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on his name, and I love him. Yeah. I love, he's great. Uh, 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 somebody, me... Paul, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah. Chadwick. Yeah, yeah. so he, was, he wasn't actually wearing the suit in a good portion of those scenes. It was all CGI'd. So a lot right. of the things we're seeing now is that everything's being made with CGI, but the character weight, the actual weight of the character is not believable anymore. It's not believable. And that, that's the one thing I love about that movie is there's a lot of character weight before that. Like with him, the rebirth of Black Panther, him claiming the throne again, and there's a lot of emotional weight. <clears throat> but in the, the, the fight scenes, the fight scenes are the weakest part of that movie. So there's no weight. The story he, is awesome. So when he throws a punch, you don't feel like he's actually throwing a punch because it's just a it's just it an just animation. Feels like a, it feels like a cartoon, which sucks because the rest of the movie feels very like a, like an epic sort of like you know like Hamlet right. sort of thing. So so and so yeah. I, so what I'm going to say is that there's a distinct difference between Marvel and Civil War and Marvel post Civil War with the CGI effects. Marvel post Civil right. War. Got lazy with the CGI effects. I mean, got lazy with it, and they just CGI'd everything. They used to have a lot of practical effects. 
just like if you remember Iron Man and Iron there was Iron a Man, lot of yeah. If you, you remember how realistic that. that suit looked? Like literally that suit, right. that CGI sequence of the first Iron Man movie was legitly done well. And then then year later you get Avatar. Like they actually put the time and work. And nowadays you get they go to post production. Two weeks later, you get your CGI sequence, and it's just done like this. There's no love. There's no care. It's just all too clean. Too too um. It's just way too clean. The best movies for me have practical effects. You know, I I really liked. Uh, speaking of practical, I saw a behind the scenes thing. A l- most like ninety percent of the stuff in scary stories is practical effects. Yeah, yeah. All the monsters. It's yeah, he did a great, and they did a fantastic job adapting those stories into a narrative without it being like an anthology. They mix it into, and it, it's a really, for a family movie, it's dark. It's really man. dark. It's, yeah, really, it's really, dark. really dark. And uh, there's a couple sequences that really got me that really were effective and creeped me out. Right. But the, the like, practical like, effects were cool. Well, of course, the one thing that actually did turn me on in that movie is the Red Room, that lady with the, you know, oh, the yeah. far lady. I got turned on hardcore. I was like, Sexy. I want to I go inside you. Oh, but yes. that thing gave me a panic attack, man. Like, it was, like, freaking me out. Like, it's, yeah, so it's I didn't get to see it like you guys. I, I, I went to go uh, see Slipknot, um, you know, Sunday night. And how was that? Um, it is a phenomenal show. They put on a show, like, the energy and... And, like, I don't know, the energy, I, I don't know if you guys are huge Slipknot fans like I am, but, like, if you listen to an album, like, you could feel, like, their energy, like, just run through the album. And that same energy is put on the live performance. It's just... It's, and they wear costumes, right? They wear costumes. They wear, they wear masks, yeah, they wear costumes, which, on a Chicago Sunday night, um, wearing a costume or mask, dude, it is, like, drip center dude it's like sweaty and it's i don't know it was just i know know what you mean yeah because the humidity i miss chicago sunday nights chicago weekends in general just oh yeah you miss being shot at yes i do (laughs) yeah we had you know what we had another really bad shitty weekend like 67 people were like shot this weekend oh wow but but that's But that also has to do because if you notice all the shootings kind of happen more so on on the Bad parts of town. It's all but, the bad parts that happen. But right? but the reason why it happens because if you if you go to the if you go to Chicago and you start going to the ghetto side, you know, the, there's a huge income disparity between what people are used to seeing out in the you know in, in Chicago by yeah. by Michigan Avenue as right. opposed to more inner city side where it's just more um, things are more run down. There's fewer shops that shopping centers. Actual yeah. downtown Chicago is like safe. <laughs> yeah, for the most and part, the, it's and, safe. and the for north the most side. Part. Yeah, downtown and north side. But if you outside of that, those areas, if you head yeah. away more inner city, you're gonna see huge disparity oh, yeah. between it's... the downtown and north side and parts of the south side, which is getting cleaned up, to everything else. It's night and day. It's a, it's like it's like two different cities in one. Oh, and yeah. for sure. You know, it's definitely two cities, two cities in one. But like, guys, I do want to touch upon on something because I, I, you guys over the past couple of days have made a couple of Facebook posts, and I want to say that you guys, do you guys really believe that Disney is the root of all evil right now in Hollywood? One hundred percent, I do. 
And I never really? thought I'd say that. I never thought I'd say that. But hear me out. I, I love Disney. I love what they do. And but to to me, I feel like the 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 model for Disney has changed because they used to do so many cool things, and and now it's just okay. We have this one game plan, and we're gonna stick to this game plan. Everything else doesn't matter. We don't care about original content. When when they did, they had Touchstone Pictures, and Touchstone Pictures would release R-rated films. They'd release romantic comedies. Now everything's under the Disney model. Now they have Fox, and they're going, we're going to reboot and remake everything. We're going to reboot Home Alone. We're going to reboot Cheaper by the Dozen. We're going to cancel an original Drew Goddard movie who made Bad Times at the El Royale, which is awesome. And they're going to cancel a Fetty Alvarez movie who made a horror movie. He was going back to doing horror after doing uh, Don't Breathe and Evil Dead. Uh, you're going to cancel stuff like that so you can make these uh, bigger uh, remakes and reboots, and we're going to spearhead all the Marvel movies, we're going to remake everything in our catalog that's animated. I don't know, it's just like, it feels like a little bit like they're the death of, I don't want to say the death of movies, because I'm I'm seeing these movies too, like I'm a hypocrite in some way, because I watch the trailer and go, oh, that's fu- that's cool, and I go out and see it. Right. But at the same time, it feels like it's the death of the way movies are made a little bit. I mean, we're, uh, we touched upon this topic, guys, in a few podcasts ago, about right, we the talked death, about it a little bit. the death of the middle of, of you know the middle of the pack movie. You know we have our big budgets, and then we have our low budgets, but right. then the movies in between, where you see comedies, romantic comedies, some horror films, and everything between rated art films. It's just going in streaming or something. That's and, it. And they're dying out. So either you're gonna get big Disney releases now, or you're gonna get this really low budget indie film released in theaters. Right. Because that's so wild. There's nothing right, in between. But... Right, and I know we we talked about this, but here here here's my thing. All right, and, and I've been trolling you guys a little bit. And I'm saying all all hell Disney, Disney's like the right. best, you know. And, and it's not like I I sort of believe it, but at the same time I see your guys' point. But I will say this, right? Is is these companies have allowed Disney to get that big? All right, and so right, and so it's not Disney's fault that you know Fox has made made shitty 